Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show, available online at thejazzsession.com or in iTunes. I'm Jason Crane. I'm glad you're here this week to hear the members of the trio fly. They joined me from an office. I think it was in Manhattan. Well, let's say it was in Manhattan to talk about their new ECM release, Sky and Country. From that album, here's Lady B. My guests are the members of the trio Fly, bassist Larry Grenadier, drummer Jeff Ballard, and saxophonist Mark Turner. Uh, they're preparing to release their second record, this time for ECM, and uh, it's a pleasure to have all three of you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, now, Larry and Jeff, I know that you guys have known each other for a long time, right, since you were kids. How did you, how did you first meet? Jeff and I met over, over 25 years ago, uh, actually, both from, California, from Northern California, and we... Um, Met at a Jamie Ebersole camp uh, in the early '80s, and um, we played that week. And I remember really, you know, digging it. And then we really started playing regularly once I was in college and Jeff was living in San Francisco in the late later '80s. Uh, so we've really been playing strong consistently for 20 years. Yeah, 22, maybe. 22. Years. I moved to San Francisco, and I moved to San Francisco in '80s. Six. And Jeff, you guys moved to New York around the same time, is that right? Yeah, I'm, well, I moved to New York about an, uh, a year, an hour before, a year before Larry, and then Larry came out, and we got a place, an apartment together in Manhattan, along with a tenor saxophonist named Donnie McCaslin, who's also from California. Does the does Fly have a have a theme, or 
I mean, is there a is there an approach to this trio that that sets it apart or that gives you guys an outlet different from other ensembles that you're in? Yeah, I think that Jeff is thinking here that um, the, we're we're all uh, as Mark said earlier, it's kind of equal participation in the group. So there really isn't a leader, a lead voice that is present in the band. It's it's very fluid. You know that changes. Sometimes I'll have the lead voice while everyone is playing. You know, it's not just a drum solo. It's it's uh, in the middle of a solo of Mark's. He'll leave this lo- uh, bigger than what you you could think of as a normal uh, length of not playing. He'll leave some space, and that fills up with Larry and I in there. So so all of a sudden, the rhythm sections really come up into the up into the fore, up in the, in, in in the front. So that equality, I think, is a big thing about this band you know everyone's trading handing the ball off so to speak so it sounds like a situation in which people are comfortable to kind of check their whatever egos they may have at the door or whatever need to be in the spotlight they can just leave behind and and serve the music instead is that is that accurate it's true uh, this is larry um i think we all had this unique perspective from being sidemen so much of our um you know professional life Coming together as a as a band, we um, were very much aware that what makes a great solo is a collective effort. It's not just the soloist, but everybody else playing around with them too. So um, I think that we brought that aesthetic to to our band that it's all about collective playing, even when there's a soloist. It's still about the, the whole band. So um, I think that that made this band very you know unique sounding um, situation compared to what we had been playing in before And how does the band work from a compositional standpoint? Do you folks bring completed tunes into the studio? Do you compose them together? Is it a mix? How, how does that work? We've written one tune collectively, really, you know, really together. Uh, other than that, we each write music and bring it to the band. But we do write specifically for this band, which is important because we try to write songs that um, 
are complete even you know without a chordal instrument. So it's it's very much thought about while we're writing that we're writing for you know I'm writing for Mark and Jeff when I when I'm trying to write something for this band. Now the this new record is on ECM. Um, how did that come about that you guys ended up on ECM Records? Kind of knowing. Yeah, and I had I had done some records for them uh, with Charles Lloyd. Um, I guess that was it. And then, um, I you know knowing Manfred and knowing Sarah who works here, so um, we just kind of put it out there, and they were into it, and now we're almost ready to put out the record. Yeah, I guess we approached them. Right. I don't yeah, know. I think so. Just uh, actually more friend on a friendly tip where. You asked Larry. I think talked to talked to Sarah and said, "What do you think about this idea?" So then she just took it to Manfred. And yeah. of all the the ECM artists uh, that I've been interviewing recently, many have said uh, some similar things about um, the way that ECM allows for the the artist or the or the the ensemble to just do its thing without a lot of interference, but with some artistic guidance from from Manfred where it's appropriate. What's your experience been like uh, recording this record? And I know you're doing this interview in the ECM offices, but um, you know, I think <laughs> Tina left the room, right? So you can <laughs> you can give me the real story. Um, I'd say <clears throat> that's true for the most part. Um, uh, you know, there is there is uh, you know some input from Manfred. Uh, but you know it's always been pretty uh pretty helpful and and uh, a lot of truth to it actually and, and you know yeah i was gonna, i think that we have pretty clear idea what we want in our situation and what what's happening with with ECMs, but with whatever i think we've come against you know or across or what have we come across is we have an idea that's very clear, and and we play the way we play, and and there doesn't seem to be any you know, doubts or or you know, we don't need any any help in a kind of a babysitting way or any kind of so it's just straight through we should start playing, and and Manfred's right there, equal with a with a, a bag full of experience behind him, studio so. And he has his specific sound, so that's a that's a big element that he brings to the to the recording as well. Well, you know, it's, it sounds nice. We just mixed yesterday. Now, the three of you are so busy individually and in projects that don't involve the other two. I wonder how you how did you carve out the time to just prepare for this record and to to kind of get together to make this record happen. Between. There's been a lot of time between. Yeah, it was almost three years or something. Almost three years between the first one and this one. Something like that. Maybe it was two. I don't know, but it's a while. So, have you had a have you had a chance? I mean, do you do you make time for the three of you to get together? Have you just talked about it over the phone, or how has it worked that you've kind of gotten ready for for record number two? Um, yeah, we just uh, uh, <clears throat> planned for it ahead of time, discussed each person's schedule, uh, made time for. Part of it was just made time for playing gigs in town. You know, um, around the time of recording, um, other other strategic moments where we can play, and uh, that's really it. Really, I mean, but, yeah, but we have done tours. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, even though we haven't been recording the last few years, we, right. we've been going to Europe and right. doing tours in the states. That's what so. I meant by playing, I was yeah. So, you know, it, 
it's, we've been, you know, trying to be as active as possible, you know, with the restraints of our schedules, but it's really a priority at this point for us to keep this band going and keep, keep playing as much as possible. So we're hoping that with the new record out, we'll just be able to play more and more. Do you find that when you come back together after being apart for a while that it all just falls back into place? Does it take some time? It really falls into place really quick. I mean, that's the beauty of it is that we've been playing together so long, the three of us, and in this context and other other situations that, I mean, I think yeah. every time we hit, it's like, wow, here we are again. It's it's really no no lapse. You know, it's really the, the music continues even if we're not playing. I wanted to say something to Jeff uh, about the... The, the music that, like how we prepare, you asked how we prepared for the recording. Also, the, you know, writing for the band, writing for the record, we also talk about uh, maybe what would be needed for the for the record. We have this amount of tunes, we have these kinds of tunes. What would be nice to have on the record? Well, something with less energy, something, the, how about something that's a ballad? How about something that's very uh, rhythmic or very, uh, uh, I don't know, something to complete the record? What would that need? So, that's also considerations that we bring as well, what, what the book needs. And we got quite a lot of tunes now. Right. So that's a piece of it as well. So the, the, since there's been so much time and we've been playing tours and things, we've been able to kind of introduce uh, new tunes. For example, someone would come in and, and say, here's, some, here's a piece of a tune I'm working on. I just want to hear it. And then they hear it, and then they take it back, and they start working on it and bring it back the next time. So if there's some gradual building up but it's uh it's pretty immediate when we hit yeah, on the absolutely. on the gigs and things like that are you guys planning uh, a tour when this record comes out in support of it yeah i think yeah. we're looking for the looking for a tour in uh <laughs> april uh and uh in may so yeah one in the u.s in, in april and in may a tour um in europe
That was music from the trio Fly from their new album Sky and Country on ECM Records. You've been listening to The Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show, online at thejazzsession.com and available in iTunes. I'm Jason Crane. Please take a minute and subscribe to the show if you would. You can do that either in iTunes or by using the RSS feed on the site. It's completely free, and it always ensures that the latest episode of the show is there in your iTunes, on your computer, in your iPod, wherever you want it. If you go to thejazzsession.com, you'll also find links to other jazz writing that I do, plus live jazz news, uh, more interview information, written interviews. You'll find a mailing list that will help keep you up to date and give you a chance to uh, win great prizes from time to time. In fact, uh, just this week, I had a chance to give away some copies of the new Tony Bennett, Bill Evans 2-CD reissue set, and they went in 90 seconds, which is uh, no exaggeration. From the moment that I sent the email to the mailing list to the moment where they were all gone was a minute and a half. So uh, you got to be fast, but uh, definitely subscribe and you get a great chance to, to win some prizes. Speaking of going places on the web that are great, I recommend allaboutjazz.com. Uh, I'm there, but many, many hundreds of other great writers and reviewers and interviewers are all there uh, sharing their perspective on jazz. Plus there's MP3 downloads and jazz news and all, just all kinds of cool stuff at allaboutjazz.com. The theme music for this show is by the wonderful band, The Respect Sextet. They've got a new record coming out quite soon. We'll be talking to them about it. You can find out more at respectsextet.com. And Dave Rabel, a graphic designer, designed the Jazz Sessions logo. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please tell a friend, and remember to support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. That's crucial. And then come back again next time, won't you, for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.